Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening, where we are set to continue our exploration into this topic of intercessory prayer and how to better respond to the question, can you pray for me? So as we set ourselves on this new path of reflecting upon a series of saints, I have chosen to do so within the context of, again, what we have been talking about over the past six months. In particular, the call to pray in the Spirit, pray in faith, pray from the heart, pray on the spot, pray with fervency. What were some of the other ones we are talking about? Pray with specifics, pray in friendship with God, pray in thanksgiving and praise to God, and pray with Mary. All of these keys, specifically these nine keys that are at the service of better intercessory prayer. So in looking at this first key of praying in the Spirit, I was praying for insight into what saint might be tied to this call we have to pray in the Spirit. Again, as I think I noted a few weeks ago, there's, a, there's over 11,000 saints to draw from, right? So as I prayed, I could not get past one of my favorite saints, St. Saint Maximilian Colby a Franciscan who was widely known for his missionary movement, the Militia Maculata, and his heroic martyrdom and the death camp of Auschwitz, which we certainly will talk about. He was also a man of the Holy Spirit and for the Holy Spirit. His whole life was a testimony to what it means to intercede and intercede by virtue of bringing down the Holy Spirit. Uh, So a few words about his life here. St. Maximilian Colby, uh, born Raymond Colby in 1894. Uh, His experiences, we could say as a child, was like most children, with one traumatic exception. One night after young Raymond's mother expressed concern about what was to come of him, he prayed to Mary. And it was then Mary appeared to Raymond with two crowns, a red crown and a white crown. In the words of St. Maximilian Colby, she asked if I was willing to accept either of these crowns. The white one meant that I should persevere in purity, and the red that I should become a martyr. I said that I would accept them both. If my memory serves me correct, I think he was eight years old when he had this vision. And indeed, he accepted them both. He was ordained to the priesthood at the age of 24, and again died a martyr 17 years later in a starvation bunker in Auschwitz. Other notable facts about the extraordinary life of Raymond Colby, uh, St. Maximilian Colby. Uh, Maybe I should first say, (laughs) as far as the facts go, his name changed from Raymond to Maximilian when he entered the Franciscans as a 16-year-old. Incidentally, the name Maximilian means great. (laughs) After his father was killed by Russians, his mother became a religious sister and his brother became a priest, so a very holy uh, family. 
few other tidbits about St. Maximilian's life, one that I love and, and one that is unknown by many is that Raymond Colby, Maximilian Colby, was a verified genius and astrophysicist. Yes, he was a priest who had his doctorates in philosophy and theology, and, and yes, he did all of these extraordinary things. But oh, by the way, he was a verified uh, genius. He was an astrophysicist. In point of fact, his intense interest in spaceflight actually led him to design a shuttle-like aircraft. Okay, this is in the 1920s. Okay, the 1920s. He actually sought to patent it. This heroic saint we know for all of these other things actually sought to patent the science behind this shuttle-like aircraft, but ultimately his calling to the Franciscans and ultimately World War II closed that door. Just an interesting tidbit, I I thought. Uh, What else here? Well, he established the largest formation house in all of Europe uh, from 1927 to 1939. The formation house expanded from 18 friars, so 18 Franciscans, to over 900 friars, utilizing the the most modern technology and all of the resources at his disposal, he distributed over 230,000 copies of a daily newspaper and supplied a monthly magazine to over 2 million subscribers. Oh, by the way, for his work, he was on Adolf Hitler's most wanted list. This is an extraordinary man. Uh, What's more, and I think this to be another fascinating fact, he established a seminary in Nagasaki, Japan. Because he decided not to build a seminary on the quote-unquote propitious side of the mountain, his seminary was essentially the only building that survived the blast of the atomic bomb in 1945. Fascinating. Uh, Pope John Paul II declared him patron saint of our difficult age for his heroic yes in the death-filled camp of Auschwitz. Um, so what about Auschwitz? Before we jump into his reflections on the Holy Spirit, in particular, one reflection I want to offer you this evening, we should consider uh, what makes him so great in so far as his last days on earth. In uh, late July of 1941, a prisoner escaped from the barracks at Auschwitz, and as many of us know, it was a customary Nazi practice to send 10 prisoners from an escapee cell block to die in starvation cells. Well, one of the prisoners on this occasion was a man by the name of Francis Gajovnicek. And when Francis Gajovnicek, my friends, heard his name called, Francis, a husband and father, broke down and cried out in agony over the fate of his family without him there. And as Francis Gajovnicek would later share, to the astonishment, of both the soldiers and the prisoners, Father Maximilian Colby, diminutive in stature, moved forward from the ranks of the prisoners and stood before the commandant, which many have bared witness to in of itself as a miracle that he actually was able to get out of line and go to the front of the line without being shot. Okay. So the soldier who was in charge of the execution of the ten prisoners asked Father Maximilian, what do you, a Polish pig, want from me? Father Maximilian responded, heroically, I am a Catholic priest, and I would like to take the place of this man who has a wife and family. Remarkably, the commandant granted this request, 
And Father Maximilian now fell in the ranks, my friends of those who would be sent to the starvation chamber. A Franciscan priest gave his life for a man named Francis. About the events that day, Francis Gajovnicek would later recall, this is from his own words here, I could only thank him with my eyes. I was stunned and could hardly grasp what was going on, the immensity of it. I condemned him to live, and someone else willingly and voluntarily offers his life for me, a stranger no less. Is this some dream, I thought. I was put back into my place without having had time to say anything to Maximilian Colby. I was saved. And I owe to him the fact that I could tell you all this. The news quickly spread all around the camp. It was the first and the last time that such an incident happened in the whole history of Auschwitz. For a long time, I felt remorse when I thought of Maximilian. By allowing myself to be saved, I had signed his death warrant. But now, on reflection, I understand that a man like him could not have done otherwise. Perhaps he thought that as priest his place was beside the condemned men to help them keep hope. In fact, he was with them to the last. Mm, mm, mm. So Father Maximilian Colby spent the last two weeks of his life in the same manner of grace, my friends, with which he spent the previous 30 years inspiring devotion to uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, to Jesus Christ, and to the Holy Spirit. Uh, Bruno Borkovich, one of the Poles who was charged to be at the service of the starvation bunker, offered an account to his parish priest of what he saw. And this is what Bruno Borkovich records. The ten condemned to death went through terrible days. From the underground cell in which they were shut up there continually arose the echo of prayers and canticles. The man in charge of emptying the buckets of urine found them always empty. Thirst drove the prisoners to drink the contents. Since they had grown very weak, prayers were not now only whispered. At every inspection, when almost all the others were now lying on the floor, Father Colby was always seen kneeling or standing at the center as he looked cheerfully in the face of the SS men. Father Colby never asked for anything and did not complain. Rather, he encouraged the others, saying that the fugitive might be found and, and then they would all be freed. One of the SS guards remarked, This priest really is a great man. We have never seen anyone like him. Two weeks passed in this way. Meanwhile, one after another they died, until only Father Colby was left. This, the authorities felt, was too long. The cell was needed for new victims. So one day they brought in the head of the six quarters, a German named Bach, who gave Father Colby an injection of carbolic acid in the vein of his left arm. Father Colby, with a prayer on his lips, himself gave his arm to the executioner. Unable to watch this, I left under the pretext of work to be done. Immediately after the SS men had left, I returned to the cell where I found Father Colby leaning in a sitting position against the back wall with his eyes open and his head drooping sideways. His face was calm and radiant. And so it was, my friends, on August 14th. 1941, that the Germans injected carbolic acid into Father Maximilian Colby, killing him. Thus, what does that mean, my friends, but on the eve of what was to become the solemnity of the Assumption of Mary, August 15th, officially celebrated nine years later, Father Maximilian died, his ashes rising up to the heavens like incense. Significantly, 
As many of us are aware, the solemnity of the Assumption of Mary celebrates Mary's victory over death. It is appropriate, then, that Father Maximilian Kolbe, who relentlessly spread devotion to Our Lady, should claim victory over death with the gift of his life. Father Maximilian lived up to his name. Huh? He was great. And as I noted earlier, during his canonization, a homily, John Paul II declared this great hero of charity, the patron saint of our difficult age. And with that, I put before St. Maximilian Kolbe as our key patron for this opening key of praying in the Spirit. St. Maximilian Kolbe's devotion to the Holy Spirit was the fruit of his devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Therefore, his reflections upon the Holy Spirit are, without exception, we could rightfully say, the consequence of his reflections upon Mary. I think we see this explicitly in his reflection upon the Holy Spirit as the uncreated Immaculate Conception. What is the Immaculate Conception? Well, uh, the dogma of the Immaculate Conception speaks to the first moment of Mary's conception, that from the first moment of her conception she was freed from the stain of original sin. In other words, Mary was, what do we read in Luke 128, she was full of grace. The Greek there, my friends, kekoritomene, as it translates, rejoice, O highly favored one, or hail, full of grace. It is a perfect participle, an action completed in the past. So when the angel greets Mary, the angel says, you who have already been fully graced. So she was freed from the inclination, sinful inclinations that certainly have plagued man since the time in the Garden of Eden. So, that being said, what does St. Maximilian Kolbe intend to mean when he uses this phrase, uncreated immaculate conception? If Mary was the created immaculate conception, what is the Holy Spirit as the uncreated immaculate conception? I know this might come off as some high theology, but let's try to simplify this as much as we can. God is the uncreated, right? God is the uncreated infinite existence of perfect love, immaculate love, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit is the immaculate love shared between the Father and the Son. Thus, the Holy Spirit, we could say, is the uncreated conception of love shared from all eternity between the Father and the Son. Uh, for St. Maximilian Colby, the Holy Spirit is an uncreated conception, an eternal one, he is the prototype of every sort of human conception, infinitely holy, immaculate. We cannot underestimate this point, right? In particular, the Holy Spirit as the prototype of every sort of human conception. Why? Because if we desire our prayers to bring about something new and beautiful for the person or situation we are praying for, something wholly conceived from the infinite mind of God, then we need to fervently invoke the Holy Spirit into the many people and situations we pray for, huh? My friends, when the Holy Spirit acts, He is always and everywhere saying, Behold, I make all things new. That's the great passage from Revelations chapter 21, verse 5. If the Holy Spirit is love, and love is action then the Holy Spirit is the action par excellence transforming all things into something new and beautiful to behold. And could we not say 
Saint Maximilian Kolbe was a life to behold. Father Maximilian Kolbe was untiringly inviting the presence of the Holy Spirit into his life circumstances. And consequently, he became a saint. He was deeply intimate with God and courageously walked in the path of humility. These things we talked about under the umbrella of this first key of praying in the Spirit. Again, living up to his name, great. St. Maximilian Kolbe is a is a right patron for this key because he was a man of the Holy Spirit, a man that certainly had a devotion to Our Lady and consequently a man of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.